Well, hello and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the Conversation, we're talking with Sam Carrico. Is that right? Yes. I want to make sure I got it right. Yep. Carrico. I'm always kind of particular about names, my last name being Person. So, <laughs> anyway. Talking with Sam today, she is Child Protective Services Supervisor with the Sexual Abuse Unit with Fairfax County's Department of Family Services, Children, Youth, and Families Division. She's also the Facility Dog Handler for Ryland, who actually is in the podcast studio with us today. Unfortunately, you can't hear her unless she starts snoring or apparently unless we ask her to bark, which we may or may not do. Anyway, she's uh, hand, uh, she's the handler and actually paired with Sam. Looking forward to I mean, uh, Ryland, looking forward to having a conversation about how that kind of works. So, Sam, thanks for being here on the County Conversation Podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, we talked about it kind of beforehand, getting our ducks in a row. We're going to get to Ryland in a little bit, but let's start with the kind of heavy topic, if you will. We're talking about sexual abuse, and we're talking about children and youth, really, uh, which are part of a family unit, but kind of a tough subject to, to talk about when you're talking about sexual abuse of kids. Absolutely. Uh, So the sexual abuse unit in Child Protective Services is a specialty unit. Um, So in Child Protective Services in Fairfax County, it is regionalized. So we have the Fairfax unit, we have the Annandale unit, and then we have the South County unit. Mm -hmm. The sex abuse unit actually covers the entire county. So there are five staff within my unit. We also have an intern every single year. Um, And the staff are very dedicated. They want to be in this unit. They have all asked to be in this unit. Mm -hmm. Um, It is tough work, but they they love their jobs. Um, It is... Uh, it is hard work. It's a lot of trauma that they all work with. We work very closely with the police department, but it's very rewarding work. Right. You, you have to love it in order to want to do it every day. Yeah, you have to. Does that stress, that tension, does it lead to a lot of turnover or is it a fairly um, stable so, unit? So I've been in the unit almost two years and it has been the same staff um, since I've started. We do not have a lot of turnover. We actually got an extra position since I've started. Hmm. Um, so no, like I said, they, they really want to be there. They, they love the unit. So right. that's, um, I think that says a lot about the, the team. Right. What would you want us to know about your team and the unit that, that you're dealing with in the, in the broader scope of sexual abuse when we're talking youth and children? So I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that sexual abuse is different than any other types of abuse and neglect. So we handle these investigations the same as any other type of abuse. Oh, if it's okay. physical abuse, if it's physical neglect, we don't treat the allegation every different, any different. Um, and so I think that's important for everyone to know that, yes, maybe the allegations are more sensitive, but oh. we handle every case the same. Every case is treated exactly the same. We follow the same mandates. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned that before we started rolling, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, just save that for the mat kind of thing. Yes. It, you know, I didn't want to get into that too far. And that was kind of surprising to me. Uh, because in my mind, I'm thinking there really can't be much worse than sexually abusing a child. But I understand from the procedural side mm-hmm. that it's it's the same. You right. have to investigate the same. But, I mean, how, do, how does that play in your mind? How does that play out? Yeah, I think there's still that taboo. You know, it, abuse in general is underreported. Um, so I think we spend a lot of time also educating the community about reporting, what to look out for, the signs and symptoms of when children are abused and knowing how to have those open conversations. So there's the body safety program, which is part of Fairfax County curriculum that they go into the schools and talk about children knowing what part of their bodies are private, 
when to report if somebody touches you. So a lot of it really is just the education piece. So kids feel comfortable and know when to report. So what are some of the signs and symptoms? There's so many. I mean, if children are withdrawn, um, if you have kids that possibly if grades are all of a sudden dropping, if you had a child who's doing well, we see a lot of kids who have either suicide attempts, perhaps they're cutting. Mm -hmm. Um, We also see a lot of kids, it could be that they're regressing and bedwetting if they were previously potty trained. Um, it could be children who are experiencing all of a sudden acting out sexually. They could also be victims. So there's a wide range. It really depends on the age and the development of the child, what signs and symptoms you're going to right. see. You may not know the answer to this, but is it more family or friends that sexually abuse children? Most of the time, it's somebody that they know and they love. Um, the, hmm. the stranger danger is a misconception. Now, that does happen, right. but just the opportunity for that to happen is not as common as people think. Right. It usually is someone that you know and you trust that has access to your child. Right. Maybe they've developed a bond and exactly you know, um, have more frequent opportunities to, to yes. do so, Yeah, there's usually that grooming aspect <laughs> where they build right. the trust right. and right. absolutely. Right. Tough line of work. How did you decide to get into it? So many years ago, I actually had to call Child Protective Services a couple times um, when I worked for the SAC program. Mm. And um, I never knew what happened. Explain what SAC is for Um, So it's the school-age child care program. It's through Fairfax County. I work. It's before and after school care. And I never knew what happened. Like, should I have made the report? Was it the right thing to do? And then I started to looking up into how do you work for CPS? You know, how do you get involved in that? And I saw you had to go back to school. I needed to get a master's degree and. That sort of set me on the path, and I did an internship in CPS, and I, I fell in love, and I was like, this is this is what I should be doing. All right. All from that one or two experiences yep. you had in the after-school uh, exactly. program. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I'm, I'm assuming that prepared you well, or did it prepare you well? Uh, I'm assuming it prepared you for the the book learning part, but the as we've talked about, the emotional part of that, I mean, did it put you on good good ground, good footing? Yeah, I think doing an, an internship really exposes mm. you to, to CPS because you have to be able to compartmentalize. You can't take the work home. I mean, it, it's tough work. It really is. There's a lot of trauma. Um, you're just you're dealing with people on a daily basis, experiencing the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And mm. over and over again, it, it can be very draining. So you have to be able to shut it off. Right. If you take it home every day and, and you carry other people's trauma, you wouldn't be able to do it. So you have to hold on to the wins, the the kids that, that do well, that feel better after telling their story when, right. when you get a prosecution and you put, you know, a bad guy away, if you will, or, you know, so that that's the stuff you hold on to, that a kid that tells you, I feel better now that, that I was able to come forward. How about the, the working with the police department, the nonprofit agencies, those kind of things, those the relationships, the partnership building, et cetera? Talk to me a little bit about that. Probably one of the best parts of the job, you know, are we don't have a nine to five job. It's not you clock in and you clock out. You know, right. we're essentially on call 24 right. hours right. a day. Um, CPS works every day of the year. Um, and those relationships are so important because we have very different goals. Obviously, the police, you know, want to make an arrest. Um, the Commonwealth attorney wants to prosecute. We want to keep kids safe. So we have different goals, but we all work together so that everyone can achieve those goals. And those relationships are so important. And we all like we work so closely. We have a great relationship with the major crime squad in Fairfax County, the police department, and it's really important to us. Before we kind of move away from this topic and talk about Rylan, who, trust me, listeners, is laying right here on the floor <laughs> in between Sam and I. Um, I don't know that she's snoring yet. I don't know if we'll, we'll 
or sleeping yet. Right. I don't know if we'll hear her snore if she if she gets to the sleeping. But um, child protective services. Any anything else you want to tell us? Uh, have we kind of covered it all, or you know what else should we know about child protective services before we kind of move to Rowan? I think you know the the people always assume that you know we're here to people sometimes paint us in a negative light. Um, and we really are here to help families. Um, and so I think it's important to remember that, that we're here as a resource. You can always mm. call CPS if families need assistance. If you're worried about a family, you know, make sure you reach out to us. Um, we are here to help. Um, and that if you're ever worried about a child or a family, please reach out to us. That our number one goal is to make sure that kids are safe. So, I mean, I think it's a great point, to, time to mention since you brought it up. How, how can people... Um, contact your office. So the best way is to call us. So the number is 703-324-7400. You're also able to go on the website. You can go to fairfaxcounty.gov and search report child abuse. And that'll take you to our website and get a lot of information. So 703-324-7400 or uh, just go to fairfaxcounty.gov and do a search of report child abuse, and that'll carry you right to, to what you need to do. Uh, talking to Sam Carrico, uh, Child Protective Services Supervisor with the Sexual Abuse Unit, Fairfax County's Department of Family Services, Children, Youth, and Families Division. A lot of S's in that title yes. as I was kind of going yes. through that. Uh, we are talking about the difficult subject of um, child abuse. Um, I think we've kind of covered a lot of that now, so Hopefully, we'll transition into maybe a, a subject that'll put a smile on your face, talking about Rylan, the yes. uh, the therapy dog who, again, is right here in the room with us, who's made herself comfortable on the floor. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about Rylan. How old is she? What kind of dog is she? Kind of all that good stuff. So, Rylan is a half golden retriever, half Labrador retriever. She just turned three. Her birthday is March 10th. Okay. So Happy she birthday. was, yes, uh, she was placed with us through a group called Canine Companions for Independence. So they are an, a dog assistance organization based out of California. Hmm. So they breed and train assistance dogs. Um, they place dogs all over the world. So when Rylan was eight weeks um, in California, she was then sent to a volunteer puppy raiser. Um, so she went and lived in Massachusetts for 18 months, mm -hmm. and that is where she learned all of her basic socialization, some of the simpler commands, mm -hmm. um, crate training, uh, house training, all of those commands. And then at 18 months, she went to professional training. So she went to New York, <laughs> right. um, and that's where she learned a lot of like how to assist with daily living tasks, how to work with a wheelchair, um, a lot of sort of the more intensive commands. And then after six months of training, that is when I got the call for team training. Um, so I went up to New York and I did two week. It was the most intensive training I've ever done. It was really training for the humans. The right, dogs right. were already she trained. She already knew what to do. Yes. <laughs> um, There's a lot of classroom, um, some practicals, learning how to handle the dog, how to do corrections for the dog. Um, Rylan knows 40 commands. So I had to learn all 40 of those commands wow. as well. Wow. Um, and then at the end of the two weeks, you do a written exam and then you do a practical. Our practical was out at Sam's Club. Um, and so they monitor well, to make sure, sense, yeah. yeah, they, I mean, they do every real life scenario that you can imagine they throw at you. Um, and then when you pass, they have a ceremony and then they, they sent us off. So we are now a facility dog team. Um, okay. Now, so that's the official word facility yes. dog. Okay. Um, so she is a facility dog or 
Yes. Not, so she, a, not a therapy dog. Correct. Okay. Yes. So a lot of times people will call her, oh, she's a therapy dog or an emotional support animal. Um, and that's actually not what she is. Those are very different. Um, so a therapy dog is actually somebody's pet. Um, and that they have the mm. right temperament, gotcha. that they feel, oh, you're really calm. You would be great in a therapeutic setting. Okay. Right. Um, and then emotional support pet can be any animal. And that's really that your doctor or therapist say that you need that, like Dorothy could, and Toto. Could, could be a bunny or yes, yeah, that's frog like, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So Rylan has certification through Assistance Dogs International, um, which gives her that accreditation that makes her a facility dog. Okay. And uh, she gets accredited every one to three years. She's recertified. And canine companions offer support through the life of her as a working dog. Oh. Um, so it's not just we've, we're certified and they say, see you later. They offer assistance, support, whatever we need as we're, as we're going through as she works, which is great. Um, so, yeah, she's been, she's been a huge asset. Like I was saying before, you know, CPS sometimes has a bad rap. And I think Rylan has really helped improve our image. Like we now have this wonderful dog that people now associate with CPS that is wonderful. Like she's this huge comfort and support. I, I don't do it justice when I describe when you see a child interact with Rylan, like unless you've Mm -hmm. seen it, it is just incredible to watch a child come out of their shell because they have to talk about the worst thing that's ever happened to them. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have Rylan present is just, it's life changing to watch it. They are just He's they, a good listener. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> Rylan grounds them. They have somebody to pet. Rylan is a 60-pound lap dog. She will essentially just sit oh. in your lap. She wants to be petted. She'll sit like a baby in your lap so you can pet her stomach. <laughs> um, and it's just great. You talk about the dog. It helps, like, break the ice with kids. Um, and it's just easy to identify. This is their team member. It's not law mm. enforcement. It's not CPS. It's not an attorney. This is who they identify. This is the person who's part of my team. When we walk into the room, I know Rylan is the person who's here for me. Rylan can sit up in the witness box when they testify. Rylan can be present when they are interviewed. Rylan is present when they do their mock court trial. It's just she is such an asset for these kids when they have to do the the scariest thing. To have to get up and testify in front of the person that abused them to have Rylan there is is really wonderful. Yeah, can't even imagine. And interesting spelling for for Rylan? Yes. So it's R-Y-L-Y-N-N. So when every um, litter is born in Canine Companions, they're assigned a letter. So her uh, litter was the R letter. Wow. Um, So like her brother Roy is actually with the Dover Police Department. Okay. Um, He's also a facility guy. Yep. So I think there were eight dogs in her litter. Okay. And they all have R names. Yeah. So I didn't name her. She was already named. She came with that name. Yep. Which which makes sense. Yes. I know when we got... Uh, rescue dogs from the mm-hmm. from the from the shelter. They had a name when they got there. Then they changed the name, and then we changed the name when they came right. over with us. So it's like yeah. it's a wonder the dog knows who it is. Yeah, that that's good. So if I am out and about and I see you and Ryland, um, what should I do? Say I'm just a a, a stranger, a you know person in the community. Mm-hmm. Should I run over and and Pet Rylan? I mean, there's got to be some kind of behavior. Right. So you should always ask. So Rylan wears a vest. um, So you know that she's a facility dog and she has a collar that says facility dog. So she looks like a service dog. She has a vest on. So you would think she's a service dog. Um, 
She's not a service dog. She has the same training, but she's considered a facility dog. Okay. Um, so you'd want to ask if you can pet her. I'm always going to say yes, unless she's working. So unless we're working with a client, I'm going to say, no, I'm sorry, she's working. But yes, okay. it's gotcha. great for her to practice meeting people, not getting overly excited. Right. Um, but yes, I'm always going to let people pet her and, and say hi to her. Any other <laughs> guidance? I mean, you know. I mean, yeah, Ryland loves people. Um, she's just... Uh, yeah, she's a huge people person. She loves to cuddle. Um, she has her own business cards, so I like to hand those oh, wow. out. Okay. Um, and 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 she's also got her own page, I think, on the Fairfax yes, County website. She if does. you want to follow the the antics of Absolutely. Rylan, you can do so. Yes, she does. Just search Rylan again. That's a it's a different spelling, but uh, what is that? R Y L Y N N. Yes. Just search Rylan yep. on FairfaxCounty.gov. I did that before the interview, actually, okay. and came up and saw all the pictures yes. and the birthday pictures and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah do that. Um, going back to how, you know, someone should behave out in public when they're around, I'm assuming since you don't know if you and she are working, you know, you couldn't, you shouldn't just say, hey, Rylan, you know, come here. Right. Or, you know, call the dog over or anything like that. Right. Yeah. No, you definitely come up. I mean, you're more than welcome to come up and approach us and say hi. And then usually what people do is they'll say, oh, is it okay if I pet Ryland? And mm. nine times out of 10, it's yes. Right. Um, most of the time, yeah. absolutely, we'll, we'll let you say hi. Anything you want to um, tell us or know about Canine Companions, um, the facility that provided Ryland? So they are an incredible organization. So the dogs... These types of dogs are about $50,000 to breed and train and raise. Wow. And Canine Companions does not charge for any of the dogs that they place. Wow. Um, so they have programs for um, veterans. They have hearing dogs. They have service dogs, facility dogs, dogs for adults and children with disabilities. So if you know anyone that you feel like would need a dog, I definitely recommend, you know, going onto it's a canine.org is their website to get more information. They're a wonderful organization. So, how did Family Services decide that you needed a facility dog? So, when I was actually interviewing for my position, I brought it up. Um, I actually had an application pending. Oh. And I said, with, is this something? Oh, you mean a job application mm -hmm. or? Yes. Yeah, so, when I interviewed for the supervisor job for um, the sexual abuse unit, I had an application pending with Canine Companions for oh, a okay. facility dog. Gotcha. And I had said, is this something you guys would be open to? And uh, Director Beckett at Fairfax County said, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're interested in this. And. He signed off on it, and then last May I got the call for training, and I went, and now Come we up have to Ryan. New York. Yeah, and here she is. Yeah. So um, you've only been with the county a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So uh, where did you come from before that, and was that um, previous job something that you were looking into getting a facility dog for there? So I was previously with Manassas City Department of Social Services, where I was a CPS investigator, and that's where I had started the application. Yeah, we were okay. hoping to get a facility dog. Okay. Yep. All right. So lessons learned. What would you tell other um, folks in your field about what it is you do and the importance of a facility dog? Less, you know, lessons learned, that type of thing. I would say go out and get one. Um, there is no reason not to. The impact that Ryland has on our investigations is huge, and it's a huge benefit to children and families um, because Ryland is here for everybody, not just the kids, also their mm -hmm. parents, their families. Right. She doesn't discriminate. She could, you know, essentially be here for anyone involved in the investigative process. Um, Ryland's actually the first facility dog with a CPS agency in the state of Virginia. Wow. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. I, yeah. I think it 
it's great. We're, we're lucky here in Fairfax County. We have a lot of donors in the county who are very generous, who they actually pay for everything when it comes to Rio and her food, her crates, her toys. So wow. that's also been, um, we've been very lucky to, to have such generous yeah, yeah. community members. Well, one kind of thing you kind of just kind of glossed over, and I know it wasn't intentional, I know, on your part, but it, it's more than just the kids. Uh, it, it's that family dynamic yeah. that, that Ryland can help with. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and one neat thing, uh, it's not like you come to work every day and go somewhere and pick up Ryland. She she is part of your family. Yes. You're you're responsible for her. Yes. Ryland lives lives with me. So that's definitely a perk of being her handler. <laughs> um, so when she's not working, she doesn't wear a vest at home. She just gets to be the family dog. She plays in the yard. She lays on the couch. You know, she has all of her toys and she gets to relax. I get asked that a lot. What does she do at home? She's right. just a dog when right. she's at home. Right. What does your dog do? Well, mine does the same thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and I was I was kind of joking with you before we started recording. You must have worked her hard today because she has just been conked out here on the floor in between yes, us. So uh, exactly. I guess it's when you're a facility dog and you know there's no people around and you see an opportunity you, to That's chill, right. you take it. She's resting. Yeah. All right, Sam. Anything I haven't asked? Anything you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap up the podcast today? No, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, repeat the phone numbers again. Absolutely. So if you want to make a report of child abuse, it's going to be 703-324-7400. And you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov and search report child abuse, or you can search Rylan, R-Y-L-Y-N-N. Awesome. Sam Carrico, thanks for being with us on the podcast. Enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. And thank you for uh, listening to the County Conversation podcast. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. And that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.